0: Hey, and welcome once again to What's the Damage? Companion show to the incredibly well-known and popular real-play D&D show, Roll for Damage, just like Mama used to make. Um, So on Friday, the Shields finally got a little bit of R&R with a girls' night, sort of, plus Ball, um, plus Sinric. We're also there in the girls' night, doing the girls' things. It was really, it was a, I'm not sure why I called it a girl's night. It was obviously like a unisex event. But anyway, uh, they went shopping. They went to the opera to get some culture. It was very fun. Oriana had a hot date um, was something quite important. Um, and everyone got a chance to dress up. There's so few opportunities in life to dress up, you know, you really gotta seize them whenever you can, Um, especially if you spend a lot of time in sewers and dungeons and things like that, but I'm getting off topic. So anyway, everyone went to the opera, Um, camping got some study time, Quinn had somewhat less fun as he had a very important meeting with Lex, A very serious conversation was had, and a very serious question was asked about the future of the Shields and Lex Eterna, Um, their future, their little partnership thing. Some things to ponder, and you can ponder them along with us starting in just a moment. As always, stick around after the stream for links, charities, resources. I'm your host, Truth Benson, and this is What's the Damage? Welcome back. I've got two very exciting guests for you today. We have got Serenity, our favorite DM, um, regular on the show. She's actually always, just sometimes we can't see her. <laughs> um, and then we've got Tick, who plays Sinric. Hope you guys guys are doing well. So, uh, this episode we had a dress-up montage. There was an opera. There's a solemn moment with Quinn. What is the damage?
1: I mean, what what isn't the damage? I don't at all think you, you guys split Ms. Oh my <laughs> God.
2: <laughs> you don't understand what dungeoneering does to hair? Not good I
1: mean, you. you know, we got our nails done, but no one got their hair done. I mean, you know, that's next Everyone episode. Hair did.
0: Yeah, what does his hair look like? You must all, like, when was the last time anyone had a haircut in the in the crew? <laughs> You're all just, like mountain,
1: <laughs> mountain men. <laughs> if I remember correctly, I did buy haircutting supplies so in one of the cities we were in. Not yet. <laughs> I thought it was, like, food. I mean, I thought it was, like, unspoken.
0: Mm-hmm. I, but, you know, I choose I... to believe you all have, like, super long hair. It's, like, down to everyone's elbows.
1: Um. <laughs> I had long hair to begin with, though. Well, there you go. It's down to,
0: like, Sinric has this long, flowing mane. Silver hair. But, yeah, <laughs> it flows in the wind yeah. like a majestic stallion. Um. Anyway, so, uh, Sorry, the reason I wanted to have you on this week, or one of the reasons, you the, don't have a choice. Your, <laughs> no, I enjoy your company. Um, no, so uh, I want to talk about the new song because I got a little bit of a preview um, before the rest of the um, for the rest of the players got to see it, and you were so excited about it. So I wanted to give you a chance to talk about it in a little bit more depth, and also get the reaction from the one player that we have.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, it was just something fun. Like I, I don't know. I always have these like wacky random ideas for like art or doing something. And this one was, you know, I was like, it would be really nice. Like we've had a lot of great music. Spencer mm-hmm. has been the main, um, uh, musician and composer for, uh, most of our themes for, um, our our intros and our break music and stuff like that even for our one shot he did amazing music Uh, but it's all been instrumental and like there's just something extra when you have like vocals and you have like taglines and you have like catchy you know chorus or something like that and so I wanted to do that and I wanted to have something that was like pop rocky um Mm -hmm. and and so I uh, I normally commission a Vorpal Lance for for all of the environmental music that I've recently been using uh, when I don't use like stuff from like Darkest Dungeon or The Witcher or something like that, um, mm. and want to have it more uh, you know uh, tailored to the game. And so I I just sent him a request and I was like, hey, I want to do a new theme. Um, I'm going to uh, do vocals to it. Um, I'm going to write lyrics to it. So here's like my little. Uh, you know my little notes on like what I'm looking for he like went off and like I think like a day or two later he came Mm -hmm. back with uh, this really cool melody um, and composition and there was a little bit of tweaking that needed to happen because I was like well I want to have like you know here's like the structure of the song and what I kind of want to do he gave Mm -hmm. it to me and then I went off and like the next day ran uh, uh, like once he gave it to me I think a couple of more days later I ran with it and like wrote lyrics and like four hours or something like that and then uh did like a little tagline vocal myself and sent it off to the mm-hmm. vocalist and I really wanted it to be done by a vocalist because I can't make harmonies and like vocals that sound like that I can sing a little bit but like to do all the extra mm-hmm. stuff that professionals know how to do with like mixing their vocals and everything like that I just wanted to sound this to sound super epic um and I I was really happy with with the uh the final
1: product so mm.
0: awesome do you think it's super
1: epic, Tick? Well, the funny thing is, um, when, when it debuted, uh, mm-hmm. my stream died like two seconds into oh, it no! starting. <laughs> so I didn't get to hear it during the course of the episode, but I, I went back and listened to it. And yeah, it's catchy. I, it, it's awesome. And cool. it feels more official once you're a part of something that has an intro song, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: When I I first heard it, I thought it sounded kind of, well, I got two things. The first thing I got, which I told Serrani, was Schoolhouse Rock. Um, And the second thing was it reminded me of like the old like long intros they used to do for kids' cartoons because they used to have like a whole ass song right in front of the cartoons. Now they just have like a a couple of notes or whatever. It's very minimal. Um, But it kind of reminded me of that too.
1: Like the two and a half minute gummy bear song at the beginning of every <laughs> single episode. Yeah,
0: or like the really lengthy Care Bears song, or
1: um,
2: or
0: the theme to Gargoyles, or something like that.
2: Um, yeah yeah and I wanted to have like a long and a short because I wanted it to have, I wanted there to be like in a, like I don't know if you've ever like um, listened to like any intro of like a cartoon or an anime or something like that there's mm-hmm. always like the minute and a half version that shows at the beginning of every episode where they have like the opening credits and then mm-hmm. there's the then if you actually go and like find the soundtrack there's like the long version which is like the full song sung with like the full set of lyrics and whatever and so that's what I wanted to do I wanted to have the the mixed version cut down with just like the minute and a half that we would show for every uh every uh session of of roll for damage going forward uh because you know three minutes it's a fairly long time to listen to Mm -hmm. uh, a song is as catchy as it is but like i wanted to have that and then still have the long version for those who want to like listen to it and bop along or whatever and and have like Mm -hmm. an actual official sort of theme so
1: exactly i mean it, it it's catchy it's it's awesome i mean and like i said it it makes everything we're doing feel um, more official.
0: Yay! We're a real stream. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: oh, lovely. Um,
0: okay, and then let's talk about the actual episode because some fun stuff happened. Um, so how, I feel like Sinra keeps getting dragged along to like shopping kit, trips and stuff. How does this keep happening? Because I feel like he's never literally holding the bags but spiritually he's holding the bags and we're <laughs> <reulting> both <I mean, laughs>
1: usually <laughs> you know it it's just that energy where everyone in our group just wants to go you know shopping and have like sprees and i would rather sit on a bank and do some fishing or sit mm-hmm. in you know a, a, a spa somewhere you know like one of those uh bath houses or something and just you know enjoy a relax Instead yeah. of, you know, we're going to have a down day by being as active as possible.
2: <laughs> but you did get a spa day this time.
1: Yeah, true. It, it mm-hmm. was it was a you know, true spa day, but that's not what I meant. I meant like bathhouse.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think there are really two
0: kinds of people when it comes to days off. Either you have uh, like a six item itinerary planned, so you're going to be extremely active on your day off, or you're the kind of person who's like, I want to sit in one place and do one thing all day. Yeah, me too. I like potato, to think- yeah like stay one place. I mean, you can also go outside and sit there and go fishing. Yeah, you
2: thing. know, I got some
1: rocking chairs on my but back porch. But I feel like
2: Cedric secretly, though, like, kind of enjoys it. Because, like, he bought that... He was the one who went mm-hmm. to that fancy dress shop to get, yeah, like, yeah, those, the true. fancy hat and robes. And he did oh, not yeah, seem like, like, right? like, oh, I don't want to be doing... Like, he seemed genuinely, like... Mm-hmm interested and like even the spa day like he could have chosen to like go to a bar and just like sat and drank but he like i think he like low-key was like yeah a nice like massage some some Mm -hmm. rubbing on my calves and make sure like my feet are nice and yeah yeah you you gotta be
1: spry i was gonna use that as an opportunity to try and do a backflip now that i got you know advantage (laughs) on athletics but it just never came up Uh oh next time there'll
0: be other opportunities for my lips
1: Probably I'd roll a double nat one and you know face plant right there.
2: <laughs> uh, oh, you're back. Memory. Oh, I'm so. <laughs> <old>. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I think Which if I you think double nat hilarious.
1: one,
0: yeah, I think if you double nat one, you like break a rib or something. <laughs> oh, sorry. Four you.
1: weeks we're in the hospital.
0: <laughs> yeah, the
1: medical uh, insurance like here for adventurers. <laughs> yeah.
0: Really bad. You're all yeah. independent contractors. Um. Lovely, a little bit of political humor for you folks at home. um Anyway, so um about the opera though, because you guys did go and actually see Oriana's mom sing. um I wanted to ask Serenity. So, did you have like a whole show planned out in case they did manage to make it to the opera, or
2: were you like mostly um improvising just was all that? Made up in my head. I, I like I I I was like debating on. um First of all, I didn't know honestly like exactly if the whole group was going, if it was just going to be an Oriana thing. Um, I also didn't want to, like, like I was debating on, oh, should I find some like opera music to like use or like mm-hmm. something like that. But then also you get kind of like get like DMCA when you put the the VODs online and stuff like that for that kind of stuff. So I was like, OK, I mean, you know, I'm going to have to think up something, but I wasn't sure how if it was going to be the whole group, if it was just going to be Oriana, how much mm-hmm. detail I was going to have to go into. And so I was like, nah, I'll just like, I'm sure I can think up, I've, I've seen enough musicals. I can think up the tagline <laughs> to enough musicals and add my own flair into it to make something that would sound fairly interesting. And most operas are, um, have like fairly like roller coasterish stories, either that or like mm-hmm. they're horrible tragedies in opera form. Um, yeah, mostly everyone dies. <laughs> yeah. Um, or both. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so like, I was just like, yeah, I'll just make something up and have them have a good time and and kind of leave it to them to ask any questions. They didn't really. They just kind of, like, enjoyed, mm-hmm. which makes it easy for me as well. But But I always like to, like, leave it sort of open because I don't know what specifically they're going to engage with when they go to these, like, random, mm-hmm. not specific, like
1: investigating
2: a murder or investigating this dungeon or doing something. Um, so I like to leave it more open to them to kind of like decide what they want to do.
1: I mean, downtime can always be a little bit awkward because it's like, what do we do? Because we don't have a goal in mind.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but you know, it's it's downtime for a reason. Sometimes you just need to decompress a little, even as a character.
0: Yeah, like we talked about in our beach episode. episode. <laughs>
1: So
2: I leave it open for people like RP, do what they need to do, but mm-hmm. then I'll move it along if it feels like the group has, like, had their moment or whatever, you know. Sweet.
0: Um, so what did Sinric think about the opera? Was it nice for him to have a bit of downtime, like a nice, quiet, more or less quiet evening with no zombies or sewers?
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, the it, opera's not bad. It, it's, not a, it's a place. I mean, it's probably, you know, not the first thing I would have wanted, like, I was debating mm-hmm. on it. It's like, do I roll to see if I fall asleep? Because I feel like that would be a concern. But you know, other than that, it's nice to just not have to worry about like turning around and dying.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you got the bar hop afterwards. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, we 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 hop to one bar. That's <laughs> true. Uh, yeah. We I, spent our uh... alcohol budget at the uh the uh, opera right <laughs> because true.
0: you all got very expensive beers <clears throat> um theaters will gouge you and it's always like too awkward to say anything <clears throat> i once spent like 40 dollars on a gin it's, ridic- it's ridiculous it's yeah. ridiculous ridiculous. <gasps> yeah i didn't realize it was going to be that expensive but the, he didn't tell me the price until he finished pouring and <laughs> i was like well i'm stuck now yeah lord
1: yeah i'm committed
0: yeah, i'm committed you poured it yes i have to buy it um yeah, so...
1: I, I will say I was kind of hoping that Campion would make it there in time, but, I mean, that yeah, way we'd have, oh, wow. like, you know, group all together type deal.
2: I think, I mean, the way that Jay was playing him, he was kind of doing his own thing and, like, figuring yeah. out... I, like, I was trying to give him the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so where does Campion go? And he was like, nah, he's, he's, like, just, gonna, he's just gonna walk around and chill and do his but, own thing and eat some street meat and learn more about the city, and I was like, okay.
1: I, I think that's... um. Actually, part of the issue is to uh, what we're going to be going into next, though. I mean, just the behavior like that. Yeah, so it, it's mean... interesting. Um, well, is the conversation number? that came up afterwards, when we're all discussing on what our options are, um, his kind of standoffishness to say yes or no exactly to the situation, as Which opposed situation? to um, whether oh, or Lex. not we're going to be with Lex yeah, in the group. Mm-hmm. Okay. So
0: yeah, he was kind he was sort of the only standout which I was surprised by actually, um because several members of the group have um <laughs> expressed frustration with Lexiterna. Including, he including was not in a standout.
1: yeah, but he wasn't a standout about it. He was literally just yes or no, I really don't care. I'll just do whatever. So I mean it, it wasn't really a standoff. It was more like I'm completely indifferent to the situation.
0: I didn't get the impression. He no, I think that. he said
2: like he doesn't trust. He doesn't. He thinks they're going yeah. to. They're yeah, going he expressed to get, you guys so killed. He said. Yeah.
0: He expressed doubts. He, he might be right. Uh, he expressed doubts. Um, and then I remember he said, "I'll but I'll do whatever
1: the group does." Yeah. I mean, if we're looking on track record, I'm more dangerous to the group than Luxaturna. <laughs> That's true.
2: Um, Actually, I think, think you. I think you've killed more party members than <laughs> yeah. Luxaturna has. <laughs>
1: It's not on purpose, but no. it's kind of fun. Wait,
2: has Lex killed any party members? No, I don't think they have. No, yeah. no they haven't. That's why I'm saying he's 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 yeah. beating them. And I think he's uh, he's. I don't think I don't think Lex Eterna has. Uh, well, they did make one person go unconscious, but that was to stop the that's ghost. fine. That's but, a friendly little punch of the head. But uh, but I think Sinric has made has caused more unconsciousness and more death than than pretty much I think than actually most enemies they
1: fought most enemies is like once he's done it like multiple times. Just like interesting. I mean that that should probably be a point of conversation before we talk to you know Can't Lex be. and Co again. Yeah.
0: Man, yeah, the, the real threat all along is Sinric.
2: <laughs> I mean dead enemy. Yeah. You me. need to get one of those uh, one of the the, the metal hats. Mm-hmm.
1: There you go, the tinfoil hat. Yeah, the
2: tinfoil hat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Two so, little centered brains. Okay. It, it is kind of um kind of interesting though, the fact that yeah, a lot of us have expressed uh, disdain with them. Mm-hmm. But I mean the way I look at it in characters, you can express disdain with someone and still be able to work with them. Um just now you know to handle the situation differently i mean it's not yeah
0: <laughs> i guess um i mean i disdain. i don't think i work well they want to disdain yeah. I mean, it's a strong word it is but so, i think I, I know what you yeah. mean
1: i mean like my my whole gripe with erin was i feel that she's a poor leader it wasn't that you know she sent us to die it was the fact that i legit feel like she was a poor leader mm-hmm. and that she withheld information that could have potentially gotten people killed I mean, it's not to say that my character would never work with again, never talk to her again. No, absolutely not. You maybe not trust her that much. Oh, no, I had no problem trusting her, but also well, just she approach a the situation that if she tells us to do something, I'm going to assume there's more to it now.
0: That's mistrust. Is that not?
1: I mean, I look at mistrust as, and if you tell me the sky is red, I'm going to say, no, it's not. Whereas if I trust you, I'd say, sure, it is.
0: No, if I mean, sorry, but like if you, if somebody tells you this guy is right and you don't believe them, you look up, and you just said that if Aaron tells you something, you're not going to believe that's all it is.
1: No, I'm going to believe that there's more to it than what was just told. Yeah,
0: so mistrust.
1: See, I don't look at that as mistrust. I look at that (laughs) as hiding. They're, they're hiding information. So in, in that regard, my fear is really a Bring long me up. Is it that not be. mistrust?
2: I, I don't I mean I get I get where I get where Tick I'm is coming hairs. from. I don't uh, yeah, I don't well I don't know honestly if, if it's considered mistrust, but it's more like mm-hmm. it's more like not not being fully mm-hmm. bought in to okay. a because I would say like a mistrust is is you wouldn't you wouldn't want to go anywhere with this person because you you physically don't trust them to mm-hmm. like to keep to keep to keep their word or to have sound judgment or whatever. I feel like it's less mistrust and more sort of like wariness. Um, mm-hmm. I do think it's on the cusp of like mistrust, but but yeah. I don't think it's like full, like, we don't trust this person to, or at least the way that uh, Tick is talking about it. Like we don't mm-hmm. trust this person to like, you know, guide us to where we need to go. But you know, what happens along the way, we want to keep our eyes out. We're not just going to go in blindly, like, following them focused kind of thing so so i think i yeah i get where you're coming from though too truth interesting
1: um we're getting sidetracked
0: again yeah whatever it's fine uh semantics um but I, i do understand what you're saying i just think that maybe not mistrust but like not fully trusting? Not fully trusting, yes, 100%. Yeah, yeah. OK, yeah, so somewhere in between. There. Not fully bought in. Oh, not fully
1: bought in. Um, but again, that's just one member of the group. And to <laughs> be honest, something that I probably intend on bringing up is we really don't know a whole lot about the group other than, yeah, I mean, just the group in general. Um, and I think that may be something that's a selling point. Or maybe it's time to sit down and talk to everyone face-to-face mm-hmm. and get to know, you know, pass the baton around the table and, you know, play a game of icebreakers.
0: Yeah, it might help if you're going to continue being colleagues in the future. So I did want to ask, so... Um, Quinn sort of, well, it was at breakfast. Quinn sort of gathered everyone together. I was like, I have a very important thing to tell everyone. Relax. Um, I want to know, like, what was um, Cynric's reaction, like, like, internally in this moment? And, like, what was he thinking? Was he thinking, well, we need to find a way to repair this relationship? Was he thinking, let's just kind of like step back and see how it goes? Like, what was his initial reaction?
1: My course of action is maybe we shouldn't be you know, necessarily working hand in hand, but we very much need to stay on parallel roads because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they're the only people that are trying to help us not be devoured by a dark god. And even though, you know, should we separate our own ways, we're not doing anything to help that situation. We're relying on them to do it for us. So I mean... Mm -hmm. I do think in character that we need to take a step back both groups because we tend to just bring out the worst in each other and travel, you know, parallel roads until we can sit down and have that, you know, discussion that puts us on the same road.
0: So, Sandrick would prefer they be more distant colleagues?
1: Allies, but maybe right now we would do more damage if we were face-to-face.
0: Interesting. So I'm, at, I'm also actually pretty curious about the meta of this whole situation because Le- Lex and Lex Eterna have been the plot giving NPCs. Um, it, like that's their function in the story or has been so far. So I want to ask brain, like what would happen if the party decided they did not want to work with Lex Eterna at all? Would it be like when you
2: kill a pivotal like NPC in a game and you have to restart or would there be a way to work the story around that? Yeah I mean like obviously the 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 whole thing that i've like i i made them as uh as an an assistance to to the group
0: mm-hmm.
2: but over time it's felt like they've become more of like a crutch for the group mm-hmm. um and there's like an expectation of these like just meta wise well these are like level 20 characters so like they should just be able to like do whatever and like we could just call them whenever we need and it's like Okay, yeah, Meta, you know that, but like, in reality, like, they are also doing their own thing and have their own issues and are real people in this world dealing with a lot of shit. Um, and they brought you into this to see if they could get extra help. But I've also noticed, like, there is, again, like, over the course of these 70, almost five episodes, there has been a lot of, there has been a lot of budding with them and mistrust of them. And that's neither here nor there. Like the player characters and the players themselves are allowed to like that. I'm not, i never want to bar them and say like, well, you have to follow these people and trust them implicitly. But I've noticed that. And so, and they're also as experienced adventurers, like they're also as, as experienced adventurers, they're observant and things like that. And they've noticed that there is just something not meshing with the groups. And and just like they don't want to be, you know, just like Campion's worry of like, hey, you're going to get us all killed at some point. They have the same worries with this group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and fairly, I think. So at this point, they're saying like, yeah, you're entrenched in this. But had I had not brought you in, had I had just saved your life and said, see you later and let you go off on your own, you would have been none the wiser anyways. But you are. You have information. And you can do with that information what you will. Rather than expect us to tell you where to go all the time and have you follow us, you're welcome to do your own research. If you don't trust us, if your group Mm -hmm. doesn't have inherent trust in us to get the job done and to make sure that we all don't die as a collective group, then do your own research. Go out in the world and figure it out. And that's the crux of this. And this is me as... Uh, a DM giving the players freedom like I don't want to railroad them into like being forced to work with this group that they are constantly butting heads with and having like negative interactions with if that's the case I don't want that to to, to be forced on the players so this is a very pivotal point this is not yeah. what I was expecting at all for the campaign um, but I'm willing to work with it and give the group the opportunity to truly decide whether they want to do it or not so the answer is is uh, will they go find this? Sh- you know, like if they if they don't repair this relationship, will they be going to the shackle next? I don't know. They're 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 going to have to do their own research to figure out maybe where mm-hmm. it is to learn more about Tharstun to to get all this information rather than being told by Lex and Fulton and Aaron and whoever what it is. If they choose to go with them, there has to be trust and and Lex and the group have to see it. There has to be some con- conviction in the group that that they actually want to do this and it's not just. One or two of them wanting to do this because it ties into who they are and what they want to do. And the rest of them are just kind of like begrudgingly going along because it's like, oh, majority rule. So, you know, we'll just do it when they know that like that's especially in these bad situations, that's not going to cut it. Like we're we have to rely on one another you know? So, so Mm -hmm. that's where they're coming from. And I wanted this moment because I want the players to have agency over how they choose for things to go. But no, it doesn't mean that like the campaign ends and like all their characters like go off and eventually die to Dune and their souls get taken and the world ends or whatever, or Lux Eternum magically makes everything better. Like I have all of these things going on in the background and, Mm -hmm. and I know how things are going to play out if certain things happen and if certain things don't happen. And, and, and uh, based on how the players interact with the world and their characters interact. But no, it would just take a different turn. And then again, I have no idea what their next move would be because their next move has always been, you know, the next major plot point with mm-hmm. Lux Eterna. When they don't, if they, if they choose not to have them, I'm going to have to, you know, go off the, off the book a little bit and, and, and try to tailor things to what they choose to do next. Whether that be, do they go to... You know the mission that they have from a Trill or do they do something else? Do they choose to, you know, make? Do they choose to stay in the city city for a bit longer and mm-hmm. do research? I don't know. So yeah, I wanted this to feel like a point where they're the ones who are deciding the course of the story. I I have given them guidance. Mm-hmm. They have options. There are both options are exciting.
0: Yeah. Tick. Do you think it's true that the party has been using Lux Eterna as a crutch?
1: ever since the beginning.
0: Is this something you noticed early on? Like
1: Talk to me um, about it. Well, I mean, as soon as we got the little uh, communicator device, it was uh, one of computer. those where it's like, we don't know what to do. Okay, well, I'm just going to press the button on this. And then it's, you know, the next time well, we what, we're going to press the button for this. So, I mean, yeah, it, it has become a content, you know, not contentious, but it's become a point where we do rely on them to kind of bail out of -hmm. situations as opposed to treating them as a resource in our own investigation. Um, And and I think that's the dynamic that kind of has to change with us. We need to, you know, instead of looking at them as people to come into our rescue or to point us to a direction, we should be including them as far as collecting information because they have, you know, seen stuff. They, mm-hmm. They've they experienced stuff that we don't know about. So, I mean, we, we should be using their knowledge more so than we should be using their fighting prowess. Okay. And, and that's kind of why I'm on the, you know, that that like decision of, okay, maybe we should jump on the parallel road and maybe mm-hmm. we should walk the railroad tracks while they walk the road and, and you know, meet up along the way to have so a you, different understanding
0: so you'd prefer for um for the shields not to travel with Luxeterna to the next shackle which is, I believe what was going to happen
1: I mean I, unfortunately yeah but I don't want mm-hmm. it to be a point where it's we're writing off this communication now because I I think if we do that um yeah that that that'll probably be bad for some of us um, more so than we're relying on other people to fix our problem for us. And mm. I, I know I won't appreciate that, Okay. A, at least me specifically.
0: Interesting. Well, everything's so pivotal these days. Yeah. <laughs> We'll see what happens. Um, I did get the impression that the, most of the party wanted to um, remain in contact with Lex Turner, though,
2: yeah. for various reasons. But oh it has to God. be kind of like yeah. an all, like the group, because they're a group, like they mm-hmm. all have to be in it to win it, so to speak. Like it can't be like, you know, Quinn and Perry really want to do this. And the other four are kind of like and are yeah. pushing for it so we'll do that like like you know Sinner can't be like i'd rather not but mm-hmm. if you're not going to listen to me then i guess like they're going to notice that and they're going to be like okay guys like no like you 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 do your own thing like this doesn't mean that you're forever lost at sea and, and never gonna you know figure things out but it just means that like we're not the ones that are going to be guiding you exactly where you need Mm -hmm. to go and bringing you along on every mission we do, because, because that, that synergy is not there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Also like on a meta level, like you guys are still the main
2: characters. You're going to get the plot no matter what. Exactly. Yeah. They're going to get, they're going to get a plot, whether it's the exact plot that would have been. No, probably not, you know, but that's Mm -hmm. D and D like any decision they make can be the, not the plot that I was expecting, which is a, which is what I love about d d It's, it's a living, breathing story that changes, um, mm-hmm. unless you absolutely try to force it into, you know, into a slot, which I mean, usually feels pretty bad, but yeah, this is exciting. The other thing I wanted was they've been constantly fighting. Like most of their challenges have been battles, tough battles, um, or skill challenges. This one is the players actually understanding that, like, I wanted to have a challenge where the players actually have to understand their characters and their motivations and make a decision based on where they want this, like, where they actually want to go, which I think is a a little bit more exciting. It's a little bit of a different challenge than, you know, I bust out my hammer and smite something, or I, I, you know, I shoot my crossbow and the thing dies. Um, This is a little bit more nuanced, so
0: tick did you want to say something before?
1: No, I mean it, it's it's a forced uh, character growth moment or character Once acceptance tra- moment. Oh
0: time for a character arc or two or three or four or five um awesome so uh we need to move on soon, but I did want to ask before we did. So um the part has kind of been well, not Shanghai, but, moved into a position where they're going to be, I think, going to some quarry and checking out some stuff for um, the Atrilian government. And I wanted to ask about how Cindric felt um, kind of running errands for Atrill, because historically, um, Sindric's folks in Atrill are not super friendly, as we found out when he first showed up and everyone
1: was like, oh. Well, I mean, it's been a long time since I've been there. I've seen a lot of different mm-hmm. things in the world and you know perceptions change when you are uh not in an area that is closed off to the world. So I mean there there's a lot of growth that was already done as far as understanding different sides of the coin. Um so yeah, I mean this is just another job at this point to clear Oriana's name. Mm-hmm. So I mean that that's that's kind of how I look at it.
0: So Cynic's just kind of being open minded about it.
1: Yeah. I, I mean it's one of those where, you know, I I, I I rationalize that my character is seen enough with the group traveling the world, um, that, you know, not everyone that from is from a specific place is bad, if that makes sense.
0: But you are working for the government directly. So you're not working for an trillion citizen.
1: Yeah. I, again, not everyone that's from a specific location is bad.
0: But it's the government. I understand.
1: Like that,
0: that's not a person.
1: I, I understand. But we're also having a maid contacting Cade. And uh-huh. I mean, e- even kind of my interest in Cade alone is that, you know, his ideals could be something that helps us in the long run. Should we are, you know ever find ourselves in need of an ally? I mean, we're talking about so, that in one of the
0: previous episodes, I remember.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those where it's not a bad choice to be on good faith, you know, mm-hmm. good relationships with all kinds of people. Um, you know, to be honest, I don't think I would treat Cade any different than I would say, like you know, if we ran into um, Vicar again. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's kind of maybe not the best person in the world, but again might not be a bad person to be able to rely on in a situation where it's needed, as far as either getting information or having an allyship with.
0: Interesting. So there's an element of strategy there. And I think, I think Sin was right when he's thinking about that. This would be definitely a powerful ally to have. Um, cool beans. I'm going to ask something else I forget now. Oh, it's it a comment. I was going to say, I kind of, do you want to see Cynric and Kate having a conversation because they seem like they would get along.
1: Um I mean it's one of those where I, I was thinking about it and the way that he sees things mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with you know as far as like the whole one government by you know their definition and their way of thinking mm-hmm. but on the other hand I see the potential for how strong of an ally that could potentially unite people of all different kinds in the event that something, you know, big happened. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those where it's like, yeah, if I had to put my money into one person to ally with right now, it would probably be him.
0: Yeah, especially considering how big, you know, the thing that's coming is.
1: Exactly, and or it's it makes not for something that <laughs> we can just turn around and say hey, by the way, (laughs) this is kind of happening. So, and that's, yeah, exactly. That's why I think our relationship with Luxeterna needs to be something that we're Mm -hmm. approaching with a different headspace. And that's kind of why I think maybe we should put the brakes on for a little bit, reevaluate what we're doing and then catch back up. instead of just make, you know, jumping to a decision now.
0: Um, Speaking of jumping, we need to jump onto the topic for today. (laughs) We've gone a little bit over. That's okay. Um, So the topic for today is cooperative world building, um, which is a topic I've been looking forward to for a bit. So D&D is um, usually a world created primarily by the DM, but the players do have a really big influence on the world itself as well. Um, So my first question is that like, as DMs, how much do you like control your world? How much is it structured? How much is it rigid? And how much like do you allow um, the players to kind of leave
1: that story with you? I, I think you kind of have to have a backbone that's rigid. It's kind of mm-hmm. like writing an essay, in, in my opinion. You have a backbone, and that's like your outline, and that's rigid on what you want to do. But then everything else just kind of has to fall into place as your ideas are being formulated. But it's not just, you know, you that's formulating those ideas. It's a group effort. Like, you know, say your group wants to steal a bunch of horses. Well, Hmm. now you got to find a way to blend that into your backbone without, you know, like, completely destroying it, as far as, like, the general idea of what story you're trying to tell, if that makes sense. Hmm. Probably a poor example, but...
0: No, I think that makes sense. I like I like the essay metaphor. You could write a good essay about that. Um, yeah.
1: Three point five. Three point five.
0: <laughs> MLA.
2: I, uh, I um, I mean, most of the time you want to have like a world that the mm-hmm. players have an understanding of building. Although you could you could like build the world with them if you're like, hey, what kind of person do you want to play? What kind of culture do they want to be? Um, I when I designed Tanya... I had this general idea of, like, what the universe was, what the makeup was, mm-hmm. the various areas, but um, a lot of the uh, the locations and, um, and pieces of the world and how they turned out uh, was uh, built based on characters' backstories, which I love. Um, I love taking these things and, like, Having my initial thoughts change on on what like what this is going to be and who this mm-hmm. person might be and uh, how they might interact with the world. So um, so yeah, I think I think generally a DM comes in with something to give to their players so that they have something to build off of, but most DMS will let the players kind of run with it. And then mm-hmm. find a way to like weave that story into the world to make it feel more more organic um and and more robust so awesome um what about as players like do you do
0: you like the sense of having a world which is really fleshed out which like exists outside of you or do you like the like the sensation of having a world unfurl around you like being able to see your influence in the story or do you like both
1: i think it depends on the story you're trying to tell and um I, I kind of equate the scenario, and I'm going to kick myself in the rear end for saying this, but to like some of the more popular MMOs, like, say, World, mm-hmm. Cra- world of Warcraft versus, you know, like, say, Final Fantasy in the way that they tell their stories. Like, um, for example, for uh, World of Warcraft, they're telling the story where you are the sole person in the world revolves around you, whereas the other, you know, the latter is telling a story where you're a very powerful cog in the machine, but you're a cog in the machine. So it, it, it's a world that's already there, and you're just a part of it. I, both have their places, and both are strong, you know, storytelling methods. I prefer the latter, whereas you know, you fit into the world because to mm-hmm. me that's more interesting. Um, but not necessarily opposed to the other, depending on the circumstance.
2: Um, for me it depends. Like I, one of the things I don't really like is is it's hard for me to come into, like, established universes, like, really established universes. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to, like, play in, like, a Star Wars game or, uh, like, even even the traditional D&D setting of, like, Forgotten Realms um, uh, and stuff like that just because, like, there's just so much already there and it feels, like, hard to, like, get away from, like, what's, like, canon in the story. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I find, like, oftentimes, like you know, if a DM does something and it's, uh, and it's like, goes against, even though you're allowed to do that and that's what d d is all about, a lot of people will kind of, like, feel awkward or, like, weird about it. Um, mm-hmm. So I generally like coming into more, uh, like, open, less sort of rigid guidelines of, like, what a world is and more, like, homebrewed, um, more homebrewed uh, content. Um, but... <clears throat> in terms of like, I I do like to build the story, but I also like to see the DM and like what they kind of have planned and, and work with kind of what they give me and, and build off of that. So it's like a kind of like a little bit of both, but Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not the type of player that expects like the world to like, I don't know if I don't know if anyone's like here's red like Wheel of Time but I don't expect like my character to be like a Taverin where like I expect the world and the threads to like shift around every decision I make and therefore like everything I do has to have like some major effect or like drastically change the world um mm-hmm. uh but I do like to have like those little moments where I can go off and like do whatever and do something fun and funky but but I do also like to follow like a DM's kind of Story that they've laid out because I like to see what story they're trying to tell and kind of help them tell it. Cool.
0: Um, so, asked me I was like, what is the process of using like character backstories to weave those into your world and to sort of in uh, like not inform, but to like mutate the world you've already come up with most of the time.
1: I mean, you can go first.
2: <laughs> um. <laughs> um well, the thing is, is like when a player creates a character, um, they're really giving like something of themselves and something that they want to see, uh, generally in the story that you're collectively telling together. Mm-hmm. And so, for me as a DM, it's very important to weave it in, make it feel organic, and make it feel like what they added is not just um, is not just being accessed or used because it feels like it has to be, because they made this character, and therefore, like, oh, we have to hit this backstory plot point. I like to see, like based on, you know, what I'm thinking about for the wider world arc, it's like, oh, this would be perfect in this part and, and it will feel very organic for, you know, these two characters to, for their stories to intertwine when they never, you know, these two random people who may have never met under any other circumstances, mm-hmm. somehow there's, like, there's some something interwoven between uh, what they're looking for um, or why they're out in the world traveling the way that they are. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think... Players kind of like more so than even some of the main story, a lot of players want to see what those backstory moments Mm -hmm. are because they they want to complete their character story beyond the main story of the campaign or whatever, you know, if you're going to fight, you know, the evil devil overlord, they still want to know, like, what happened to my missing family that I left back in my village uh, that, you know, was was attacked by demons or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I feel like most players are very invested in that because for them, that's like true growth of their character. And if that doesn't get completed, it feels like they they missed a, a part of the story. And so as a DM, I think it's like, it's imperative to kind of like weave that in and make it feel like it is a natural part of the story, whether you weave it into your main plot point or have it just be an organic sort of side quest that the characters end up going on um, to learn more about, you know, their character or whatnot.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you you almost have to balance, you know, how many ever characters there are plus one story, Whenever you're kind of doing something like that. And I mean, personally, I kind of like the idea more of like character stuff being the side quest because not all characters, when they create backstories, necessarily have a backstory to see something to fruition, but more so create a backstory to explain what they're doing in a place and time. And Mm -hmm. when you have that, I guess, like vague of a backstory, it's kind of hard to incorporate that into a further story and again sometimes the players are okay with that they they don't necessarily want to have that development that personal development Mm -hmm. and instead want that character to be more integral to the overarching story and not kind of get lost on well you know this is happening at home so we Mm -hmm. need to go take care of that if that kind of makes sense. So, I mean, you kind of have to balance what your player's expectations are for the story Mm -hmm. versus, you know, how it necessarily fits in. And, you know, it's usually easier if they're side quests, but it it sometimes is a lot more fun when they're all interconnected because that way, once you're done with that story, you have the motivation to say, all right, well, I'm going to continue on because now that that's complete, I have more time to invest into this and you know, during the course of that investigation, this is still a bigger thread that you know is still connected to what that was. So even though everyone's safe, we still got to go. The, you know, keep going. Mm-hmm. The story is not over. So hey, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think it's uh, also largely like a thing of DM pre- um, preference whether you want to put in the effort to interweave everyone's backstories into the main plot, or if you want to have little side quests. Kind of, it's a bit what you're comfortable with and what you think would work best for your plot, um and read what um what tick was saying about like some characters not really wanting or some players not really wanting their backstories explored that much i think that's something probably uh people should talk about more but don't often um in like the initial talks because i don't know if this if you guys get the impression of this, but I've always gotten the impression that it's sort of an expectation at the table that these backstories will be addressed like in a big way.
2: I, I mean I mean oh go ahead.
1: I, I was gonna say they they're individual plot points mm-hmm. for a character. Um so when you go to a table as a character, you're not going there as you know a whole overarching story you're going there as a character so i mean even if you're not thinking about it people do want their story completed mm-hmm. as opposed to necessarily the whole campaign um but yeah it's it's i guess that's kind of my answer yeah
2: that i mean makes sense. i i i don't think it's like implicitly um implicitly expected uh, mm-hmm. And I think that there are, like, a lot of things that you can do with characters where certain plot points, like, you you complete certain things for the character, uh, but even when the campaign is over, they would still have more to do on their own, or there are still threads that are, like, kind of left in the wind for them to explore later on, or mm-hmm. to, that, are, that are kind of, like, left drifting. Um, but uh, I do, I agree. Like, that's generally something that you talk with. Uh, with your players and ask them if if they want this to be uh, used in the story. And that's something that I ask, I've asked all mm-hmm. of the players. Like, I specifically uh, uh, talked to Laura when I was, like, thinking about... I mean, I didn't tell her what I was going to do, but I gave mm-hmm. her kind of a heads up of, like, hey, I have some really interesting things that I want to do. Are you game? And, and she was like, yeah, I'm super game. Same with like Chad. I was like, okay, I have a really good idea for this, but like, are you in? And he's like, yeah, I, I want to, you know, I want to tell the story. And so I think if we like never addressed, you know, the Shadowlands and like kind of left that drifting, he he might be as a player, like feeling a little bit bereft of like, man, I really wanted to see that through. Mm-hmm. But I do agree. There are some players who are like, yeah, I just wanted to make the rogue. Who's super emo. His family died and he's been on the street and he lives that way and he doesn't care. And he came into this group of people and maybe mm-hmm. at first he didn't really care about them, but it was like, uh, you know, allyship of convenience. And now he actually cares about the group and he just wants to go and see uh, and continue to adventure with them. You and know, that's fine. It also plays character type of...
1: growth.
2: But I'm saying that's, <laughs> and, and it is, it is. But it's like, that is fine if you don't want to address like what happened in the past mm-hmm. or any kind of like current threads that your character has you are welcome to do that. And I think that that is something uh, ADM should talk to with their player Mm -hmm. to make sure like, hey, do you actually care about this? Um, uh, Is this a story you want to tell? Or is this kind of something that you just want to be left in the past? And you just want to focus Mm -hmm. on moving forward?
0: Yeah, it's really, um, it's a play style thing. I think a lot of things are play style things. Um, Lovely. So um, here's something that I've seen people like talking about online. Uh, Some DMs, like we had our session zero episodes, we talked about those. But some DMs will use like a session zero as a chance to sketch out a world uh, together with their players. Have you ever done something like this? Would you ever want to?
1: It's my understanding that's kind of what the session zero is supposed to do. It's supposed to like, you know, be that Introduction for you to the world and to see how that's going to kind of like co mingle and co mesh as you know groups and characters versus you know what you kind of had in mind with the world.
2: Uh, I would be happy to do that. Um, I have done uh, a couple of session zeros that are like that where the players are helping build the world. I didn't really do that with Tanya only because, like, we were this was like the first time I was ever like streaming something, mm-hmm. and I kind of wanted to make sure, like, that everything was like cohesive and it wasn't like be pulling everything out of my ass and like trying to figure it out <laughs> all the while, trying to figure out how to stream and make everything work. Um, yeah, but it is something that I'm like 100% willing to do, uh, and and happy to uh, build like alongside players. It's also, though, hard. Cause like mm-hmm. a session zero like that takes a few hours and maybe it's, maybe it's more than just session zero. Maybe it's session 0.1 to, to <laughs> session one kind of thing. Like yeah. maybe there's like yeah. 10 session zeros to really do that. um And to have everyone like build their characters. Cause like I've actually been in groups where it's like, okay, Build your build the world, build the characters. What are your interrelationships between the characters? And then the players mm-hmm. actually talk to one another and talk about how they know one another or how they don't know mm-hmm. one another, or where they've been traveling or what they've been doing, and how they found themselves in this place. And it like comes together a lot more, so that like initial meeting where all the group is together in one place is a lot smoother. Um, but again, that takes time, and like the other hard thing is is like finding the time of getting everyone together. Uh, to to do that beforehand and to spend like hours on end like figuring mm-hmm. that that all out because it's not it's not simple but i yeah i'm totally for it
0: yeah it does seem like it would be kind of a big commitment, but it seems like you come up with something really cool. Um, it's interesting how you mentioned like talking, to the players talking amongst themselves to establish relationships like before the first session. So I remember we did that for the Halloween episode last year because of the one shot and we are like, okay, well we need interesting character dynamics and they need to be in place before the one shot starts. So I really liked that. I like talking to the other characters and be like, okay, well, how do we know each other? Why, why would these two people ever meet? Um, I
2: think it added like a new interesting dimension to the one shot. That's mostly off topic. <laughs> no, no, I think it's great. And I think it, <laughs> yeah. it is part of the, the shared world building because like you guys mm-hmm. for that one shot, you were, you were building the world around what this detective agency was and how you would all come to be there and mm-hmm. like h- how you fit in and what your specialties were and like, and that kind of stuff. And I think in those situations where it's not just like four random strangers meet in a bar, don't know mm-hmm. anything about each other and then are put in this like situation where like a big bar fight breaks up and now they're stuck together because the guard is coming after them and they have to yeah like all right in jail or whatever yeah yeah yeah. um uh I think that's like a great way to establish dynamics and sometimes it's like it's it's fun to already have relationships um Mm -hmm. in in a game and I do I do like that um but yeah it's just it just takes time so it's it's dependent on like player commitment and stuff like that
0: yeah. Actually, was that a thing um, with Cineric and Dobby Because they had known each other prior to the beginning. It's very
1: of... hard to sometimes <laughs> create that dynamic, not to cut you off.
0: Um, yeah, but I just wanted to know if you and Jay had like talked about that before the beginning of, of the show to like establish that dynamic.
1: <laughs> I, I'm laughing because we talked about that a lot and we th- talked to Serenity and we were told that doesn't work try again and then we talked about it more it was the process we, yeah
2: well they had some like uh, weird stuff. To, yeah, weird stuff. like to be fair, like I I am all for like fun and hijinks, but I'm also trying to tell like a serious story. If we were just trying to like play like yeah. clown car D and would be all for it. But I was like, this is gonna be a pretty serious story, and like some of the stuff you're doing is like really really weird. Um, and there was also but, some asks in there where I was like, yeah, that wouldn't make sense at all for your characters like to to have uh mm-hmm. or or to be doing, but like but they, they we did like talk back and forth, and I was like, okay, yes this makes sense yes you can have been a part of that yes uh you know you would you would know like x y and z things in the world you would know about these gangs you would know about this city you would know about you know all of these kinds of things
1: and i mean not to be too spoiler spoilery but that could have all been a moot point because i mean dobby about bit the dust in session zero if i remember correctly i don't know if that i should say that but
2: Oh yeah, he went down. But he wasn't going to die. He wasn't going to die. just It was just session funny. 0. <laughs>
0: imagine if you died. I know. Imagine a DM zero. like being like session <laughs> 0
2: and then being like, "Oh yeah, sorry, you're dead. Uh make a new character." Like oh No, God. most DMs I mean, are at, not going to do that.
1: At the time it was like, "No, that can't happen." But looking at now, I But he did now, do something like, strange. He hubris. like put ball
2: bearings on the ground and then like slipped on yeah, like, yeah. himself or something like that. And then the <laughs> yep. the thing attacked him and I was like, "Oh, that's great." Okay. Um But yeah, yeah. Looking back now, it's kind of
1: funny. I'm not going to lie. But
2: yeah, yeah, they did establish dynamics uh, for their um, duo. Mm -hmm.
0: Fun times, uh, Rick Dobby. Um, We have time for one more question before the night's up. We all turn back into pumpkins. Um, So real quick. Like, where is the difference? Um, There's a difference, obviously, but you can have like character backstory woven into your plot, as we've discussed quite a bit. But what about like kind of characters building the world around them, like adding sort of a weird little improv-y mechanic not mechanic but a thing where like is that something people can do in your games usually that's something you'd like to happen when characters are like or when players are like well what if there was this library in my hometown or what if this thing worked this way or I would know about this so I'm going to tell you how this works yeah, or I know about character characters so I'm going to tell you not like,
2: allowed no one can tell me anything <laughs> no no I love it I love it, it Same. nothing Uh, If they've got like an idea and this has happened, I think a couple of times with like Mm -hmm. with Laura and and uh, Chad where they've been like, well, could you know, like my town probably would have been like this. And I was like, yeah, your town, whatever you want to name it, whatever you want to like call it, like you tell me how you want to have established the like all the relationships they had there. Um, And it's the same like if they you know, if they go to a place and they're like, is there a barber here? I'm like, yeah, sure. You want to get your hair cut? Yeah. (laughs) Is there a tailor here? Of course. Why not? You know, like, it's not something that I I naturally put in because Mm. I have no, again, you have no idea how your players are going to interact with the world. As long as it makes sense, like feasibly makes sense. I have no problem with it. It's the same with like (coughs) Campion being like, I want to invent a grappling gun. Okay, let's okay. do some checks and like if it works out we'll see like how how this goes and and we'll see like how things how things work out and what type of like balanced item we can make for this and and have some fun with it. Like he's an inventor. I mean, he created this like arcane dog thing that mm-hmm. he can keep building you know even after it's destroyed so should he be able to invent other things of course so yeah within reason i of course will allow players to to mold the world the way that they see fit and and create things and if they ever have questions about things that they want to like add in no problem it's just i obviously like as a dm you also have to balance like is this like is what they're asking for something that's going to bite you in the ass later on because mm-hmm. now they're actually asking to build what is considered a magical item from mundane components in five minutes before they go into like the next dungeon. And like, <laughs> is that going to be allowed because that could really mess with like game mechanics and stuff like that. Um, or if they're like, yeah, I want like a Candyland tower uh, popping out of the ground in a trill in Riverend uh, that, you know, the, the, the nice little witch lives in. It's like, Probably not. Like that's probably not gonna be too far you know. I mean, yeah. Maybe
1: if you get a bag of beans and something like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe.
2: <laughs> but you
1: know, that that could have other ramifications. But again, yeah,
2: as long as long as it's within reason and the players can do it, it's the same within battle. Like if they're like, you know, I want to like parkour off this table and like flip around, let's do mm-hmm. an acrobatics check. See if see how well that goes, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean yeah, you're you're not wrong. It has to be within reason. Like even if someone creates like a you know, say like his grappling gun, for example. Mm-hmm. I mean, me personally, I, I wouldn't be opposed to say, like, if he puts, you know, a vial of, like, what is it, the, uh, the alchemist fire inside, mm-hmm. you know, the claw, the hook, and shoots that at it something, but that's only a one-time thing. I mean, you're obviously not going to have that back at the end of next turn, and chances are that's going to be done because it's a grapple hook attached to a rope, so you're going to waste a whole nother turn just to pull it back, and then mm-hmm. probably another turn to reload it, and then probably another turn to put another, you know, item on it. So I mean, you know, it's it's one of those where if it's a one-shot thing, then maybe that's kind of different. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it it's gotta be stuff within reason. And just because it's, you know, gotta be within reason doesn't mean it can't be a little fun either.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think that is the essence of D and D. It's like you think of a wild thing, then you put like restraints on it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and that's and it. that's generally what I, and yeah. Yeah. that's what a DM does, right? Is like is like, okay, probably not, but how about if it's mm-hmm. like this? And then it's like it's like the uh the barter system or whatever, like uh, or like mm-hmm. what you do with a with when when they go to like a merchant and they're like, I'll give you 750. Like, you know, $600, 650, okay. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> it's like the haggle yeah. of like I want this major thing, probably not gonna get that. The DM goes like too conservative, the player you know, renegotiates. Yeah. It's 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 fun. And that's all that's what D D's all about. And that's how it becomes a collective story. Each person gets mm-hmm. to have their input in what goes on. Awesome. And that's a great place to end. Thank you. Um,
0: Anyway, thank you guys so much for coming on the show on this lovely Tuesday evening. Thank you to everyone who's watching for tuning in once again. Tune in on Friday for the next episode of World for Damage, um, where exciting stuff always happens. So I assume it'll happen once again Um, on the Tuesday. Well, we'll talk about all the exciting stuff that happened on Friday. It is a ongoing cycle. We are a snake eating its own tail. Metaphorically. <laughs> Thank I mean, you. Are we? Sure. No.
1: Metaphorically. <laughs> Metaphorically. Um, We're kind of spinning that- in circles, but you know I-
0: I was going to expand the metaphor, but we do need to close out for the night. <laughs> um, check out our store. We've got stuff. Check out our Patreon. We've got other stuff, um, both of which are worth buying. I have a t-shirt, which is very cool. And I control the Patreon, so I know what cool stuff is on there. Um, check out our Twitter. Um, are we doing our art, us? Yeah, we're still, still doing, doing it. So again, okay, like the this-
2: music, we have art, we have lots of stuff.
0: We are on our third week of Art Crawl and going strong. please come check out the art from these amazing artists and the music from these amazing composers who work with us. We're really excited about all of it and we think everyone should see because it's great. Um, Check out our YouTube. We have the backlog of all of our episodes. Check out our Twitch. We have um, some little sippies and also our most recent episodes up on there. If you prefer watching on Twitch, check out our podcast, which you can get wherever podcasts are podcasted. Um, Chad works very hard on it. I'm trying to remember to call it out every week. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you to Sunbird and Lady Meows for doing our logo and our music. We love them both very much. And we love you guys. I hope you all have a great night.
1: Enjoy our Discord, too.
2: See you later. Have a good night. Discord, too.
0: <laughs> See you next time.